Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents his teaching, All Things Are Possible. Praise the Lord. Welcome, everybody, this Sunday morning, Memorial Day weekend. We're so glad to be with you today. I want to talk to you this morning about the phrase, all things are possible. You know, all things are possible is a very familiar phrase that we hear a lot in the body of Christ today. And it is scriptural, and it was spoken by Jesus himself and the angel Gabriel in a variety of of seemingly impossible scenarios. But we'll get to that in just a few minutes. Unfortunately, though, the phrase, all things are possible, has many times become a cliche that we repeat when we're facing tough times. When we're up against immovable mountains, overwhelming odds, and circumstances just keep piling up all around us. And people ask us how we're going to make it. We often respond sheepishly with the phrase, all things are possible. We don't really believe it sometimes. We just say it because it's the only thing we can think of to say, given the natural circumstances that we're up against. But I want you to see this morning that the phrase, all things are possible, is much more than a cliche. It's much more than just a trendy Christian buzz phrase. It is the perspective of heaven toward us. It is the culture of heaven. It is the way God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and all the angels in heaven feel about what you're facing right now, no matter how impossible it might seem to you and to me. Amen for that. They don't think quit. They don't think defeat. And they don't think impossible when it comes to the things that God has called you to do or the things you're believing God to do in your life. And they don't talk quit, and they don't talk defeat, and they don't talk impossible either. Amen. Hallelujah. I might just get excited this morning. All of heaven backs you when you're doing what God called you to do and believe in God for the promises he's given you in the word or by the spirit. Amen. Isn't that right? All the promises of God in him that is in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. Second Corinthians 120. So I might get emotional as I share this next part. So you'll just have to bear with me. I want to begin by sharing a powerful vision that I had on the morning of May 3rd of this year, 2021, just a few weeks ago, in which I received increased revelation concerning the phrase, all things are possible. So I was laying in the bed about 6.45 in the morning. I had just checked the clock and decided to shut my eyes for a few minutes before getting out of bed. As soon as I shut my eyes, I was caught up in a vision. And in the vision, I saw a beautiful green lawn that seemed to be in the backyard of a beautiful white mansion. And there was a banquet table with a white tablecloth that was set up on the lawn, and it was about 50 foot long. There was a variety of food stretched across the table with covers and lids to keep everything fresh. There were chairs all around, 
but there were no people in sight. As I looked at this enormous banquet table, I saw what looked like an angel come into my field of view from the right side. He was carrying what looked like a banner or a scroll that was rolled up under his right arm. And I watched as he walked over to the far right side of the table and attached the scroll to the table somehow. And then he began to unfurl this scroll across the entire length of the table and he attached it on the left side. And as he did, I I noticed that the banner was white, but mesh-like, sheer, see-through. And at first glance, it looked like it was just a sheer banner that he was moving across the table. And I thought at first, well, he's just adding another layer of protection to keep the food from spoiling. But then I felt impressed to take another look at the banner. And when I did, the words, all Things are possible appeared on the banner in large, black, old English script. All things are possible. I opened my eyes and the vision was over. I sat right up in the bed and I said out loud, all things are possible. And then I added to him that believes. And I I felt as if the Lord said to me, exactly, all things are possible to him that believes. And I spent the bulk of that day and the last couple of weeks meditating on this vision and asking the Lord to give me more light and to help me unpack it. And while I think I got the gist of it, it's a relatively simple yet profound message, I'm getting more revelation every time I revisit this vision. But I'll give you what I got so far, because I believe this vision was not just for me. It was for our church, and it was for the body of Christ. So I was at church this last Friday morning praying and seeking the Lord. I spent several hours here just praying and seeking the Lord. I remember sitting down on the platform and bowing my head, closing my eyes, and then I went silent. And when I went silent, I heard the Lord begin to speak to me immediately in bullet point, rapid fashion. And these are the things that he said to me. I wrote them down because I want to get them right. Do you believe I am able to set a table like this before you in the presence of your enemies? That's from Psalm 23, by the way. In spite of all the opposition you faced in this place, Will you consider what your natural eyes are telling you? Will you see this table with all the food that you and others have prepared and no one here to partake? Or will you see through the eye of faith and see that all things are possible to him that believes? Will you see this banquet table full of people partaking joyfully of all that you and others have prepared? I could go on and on. But that interpretation applies directly to me and the staff here at Faith Life Fellowship and the struggles we faced since we started this church. But listen, I'm here to tell you that you can apply this revelation to whatever you're facing in your life right now. No matter how high the mountain, no matter 
how impossible the odds, no matter how difficult the circumstances, you can look through the eye of faith and see the path to victory because, and I want you to look at the slide here, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Mark 9.23. With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Mark 10.27. For with God nothing will be impossible. Luke 1.37. Amen. Now, each of these phrases that I just read came from three different passages in the Gospels. And they all express the same truth in a little bit different way. They all express the truth that all things are possible, listen, provided that you believe and provided that God is in it. God is with you in whatever you're believing him for. So I want to take these three passages in Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 10, and Luke chapter 1, and dig a little deeper and see if we can drive home the point that all things are possible to him that believes. Amen. The first story is about a demon-possessed boy, and it's Mark chapter 9, and we're going to start at verse 14 and read through verse 29. Mark 9, 14 through 29. This is talking about Jesus. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And where it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. That's worth repeating. If you can believe, he said to the boy's father, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, Come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. 
And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, I want to give you a little bit of background here. Jesus and his inner circle, that is Peter, James, and John, had just come down from the Mount of Transfiguration, and they found the disciples that they had left behind in this ruckus with this crowd. And the reason for the ruckus was the disciples that Jesus left behind were not able to cast the demon out of this poor man's son. So there's a couple important things I want you to see here. First of all, this incident took place after Jesus had sent the 12 disciples out two by two and given them an anointing to heal the sick and cast out devils. And they were very successful at it. And I'm pretty sure this was the first time they had not been able to cast out a devil. So it really threw them for a loop. So what was it that made this incident different from all the others that they had faced? The answer has to be, it was what they saw with their natural eyes. Never had they seen this kind of resistance. Never had they seen this kind of display. You know, the boy no doubt dropped to the ground, flopped around like a snake, foaming at the mouth and grinding his teeth. You know, I saw a man in Tanzania do the very same thing, and Dr. Egan Falk cast the devil out of him. I've seen it. And I tell you what, if you're not careful... It'll fill you with unbelief because you'll look at that and you'll say, how can I deal with that? So if the devil in him did that flopping around mess for Jesus, you can be sure they had already done it for the disciples. The devil had already done the same thing. They had seen the same show and it was just too much. They couldn't get past what they saw with their eyes. They were unable to see through the eye of faith. They were unable to see that all things are possible to him that believes, even when you look at something like that happening. Amen. Hallelujah. So just like the boy's father, the disciples had unbelief and belief in their heart at the same time. And the amount of unbelief must have far outweighed the amount of belief or the amount of faith in their heart, because Jesus said, you are faithless. <laughs> no faith. Or at the very least, little or no faith. Because of the things that they saw with their natural eyes. So Jesus pulls them aside privately, and he tells them that the only cure for unbelief, the only way to get past what you see with your natural eyes, is prayer and fasting. Now, I don't have time to teach on it, but real quickly, let me just tell you that fasting denies the flesh and helps the spirit rise to ascendancy and authority. And when that happens, faith is able to operate unhindered by unbelief. Now, let's talk about the rich young ruler, Mark chapter 10. The rich young ruler, Mark chapter 10. Starting at verse 17, we'll read for, through... Uh, Verse 30, this is talking about Jesus. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? 
So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. But he was sad at this word, and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He was fabulously rich, if you search it out. Fabulously rich, not just well off, but so rich that he had everything he could ever want. So the rich young ruler, as he has come to be known, could not see through the eye of faith and could not tell, he could not see that no amount of riches were worth the loss of his soul. He couldn't see it. Not only did he have great riches, but evidently those great riches had him. He trusted in them and not in God. He couldn't see that a huge opportunity was sitting there right before him. He could walk with Jesus and learn so much. But at that moment, he just couldn't see himself letting go of all that he had. And that's why Jesus said what he says next. Verse 23. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. Notice he puts a little bit different twist. He said those who trust in riches. And then he goes on to say, An amazing thing in verse 25. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? You know, Jesus says it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God than for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. An obviously impossible thing in the natural. Amen? And they get upset because some of them were successful fishermen and businessmen and started wondering if they were going to make it. Verse 27. But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. So he's saying basically, Lord, we've done what the rich young ruler would not do or could not do. We've left our businesses, we've left our riches behind, and we have followed you. Now I want you to pay close attention to what Jesus says next because it absolutely slays the sacred cow of so-called vows of poverty being some kind of virtuous thing that glorifies and pleases God. So just listen. Verse 29 and 30. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels 
who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, in this life, not in the by and by. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. Did you hear that? Jesus makes it clear that if you lay down everything you have in obedience to him, you will be rewarded in this life and in the next. Think about it. The rich young ruler could have followed Jesus and and become a part of his inner circle. And he could have had a hundredfold increase on his great riches. Bottom line, if a rich man trusts in God and not in his riches... He can make it into heaven, for with God, all things are possible. Amen. Hallelujah. The last one we're going to talk about is the conception of Mary. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. All right. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. She must like it. It's okay. I love it. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? You know, we talked about this on Mother's Day. We talked about the special relationship between Jesus and his mother Mary and all the fantastic things that were shown to Mary even before Jesus was born. But at the core of all Mary's ponderings was this one vitally important detail about how she could get pregnant without the involvement of a man. She wanted an answer to that question. So verse 35 And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Amen. This is so fascinating to me. You know, early in the chapter, you can read about the miraculous conception and birth of John the Baptist to his parents, Zacharias and Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was called barren because she was well past childbearing years, and the prospect of her having a son was not possible. But Gabriel points out to Mary that her cousin Elizabeth is now six months pregnant, The one who was called barren is now six months pregnant, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Amen. Now, I believe this miracle pregnancy with Zacharias and Elizabeth 
was the first time anything like that had happened for 2,000 years since Abraham and Sarah. So it was a big deal. And I firmly believe the reason the angel shared that story with Mary was to bolster her faith. I mean, she needed to hear about a miracle that some, about someone she knew, somebody she was familiar with, not somebody that lived 2,000 years ago. Because she was being asked to believe that something would happen with her that had never happened to any woman in the history of mankind. I mean, at least Zacharias and Elizabeth had a precedent for what they were being asked to believe, even if it was 2,000 years ago. But evidently, Gabriel's encouraging words were enough. Listen to Mary's response. Verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. She saw through the eye of faith and was able to believe for the most unprecedented, outstanding miracle in the history of mankind. And we have Jesus in the flesh because of it. Amen. For with God, nothing will be impossible. So let me wrap this up by saying this. As fundamental and basic as this message may sound, it's not always easy to believe that all things are possible to them that believe. As believers, we need to endeavor to train ourselves to see all the time through the eye of faith, to see through our natural eyes and see beyond, see through the eye of faith, beyond what we see in the natural. We have to train ourselves to do that because it doesn't come natural. It's supernatural. Let's see through the eye of faith whatever we're up against, whatever we're called to do, and whatever we're believing God for. And let's believe the following statements to be true. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed Dr. Forrest's message, All Things Are Possible. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for coffee and fellowship and 10.30 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.